Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's looking bleak in the NFC North right now for the Vikings. Hey, this is Arif Hassan with the Wide Left Substack. I'm learning right now that I have something in common with retired center Jason Kelsey, who yelled, F my life every time there was a tush push. That's what I do every show. <laughs> What's up? I'm Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings. I think we're all saying F my life today. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. What's up, everybody? Tuesday edition of the Minnesota Football Party on Locked On Sports Minnesota. I'm Sam Ekstrom. You met Luke Braun. You met Arif Hassan. Luke Inman out today. He'll be back on Thursday. Plenty to get to coming off of Wild Card Weekend. What did we learn about the NFC North? And are we overreacting to say the Vikings have been totally passed by? We'll also get into our QB target of the day and focus on the Heisman winner, Jane Daniels. Free agency preview continues with cornerbacks today, all on the Minnesota Football Party, which is presented by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. The post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Where to start today? Wildcard Weekend is behind us. Packers win decisively over the Dallas Cowboys. That could have been the Vikings seven seed spot right there against a. No, they had to lose for draft position. It's important. Yeah, the Packers really made a mistake here. (laughs) And the Detroit Lions have won a playoff game for the first time in 32 years. Congrats to Eminem. Congrats to Benjamin (laughs) Cap. Congrats to. The other All three Detroit people in fans. Michigan, yeah. yeah. That's got to feel really, really good. Um, 24-23 Lions win. So the NFC North wins the weekend. Oh, yeah, and the Bears have the number one pick, too. Just to throw that in there. Lot to uh, lot to mole if you are a Viking supporter about like where they stand in this division. Are they worst in the North right now from a futuristic lens? Or is it an overreaction? to say that a one-game sample for Detroit and Green Bay is enough to throw you off course and change the way you approach the offseason. What say you, Luke Braun? Sam, you desperately need a milkshake. Have a milkshake. Get outside. Get some fresh air if you can. If it's, I don't know, I don't know how cold it is right now in Minnesota. Extremely. This is negative. Extremely. Negative. Oh, this is why. I get it now. Okay, this happens every January, February when the, when the weather gets real bad. It's it gets Vikings real doomy more around yeah. yeah yeah around Vikings sphere it's dark at four thirty uh, yeah I'm actually wearing two hoodies right now and I'm inside <laughs> wow that's <laughs> uh couldn't imagine um here's the deal the we all know that the results of a given NFL year are just the results of last year but more extreme so you know if the Vikings lost a couple more games than they did the year before. What will happen is that they'll just lose a couple more games again until they start, you know, winning negative games, right? eventually folding as a franchise. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to... No, like, people are overreacting like crazy. Like, chill out. <laughs> they, they won a couple wildcard games. 
It's a long way before we start projecting the 2024 season. We don't even know who's going to play for the Vikings in 2024. Like, we don't know like two-thirds of the roster in 2024. We have no idea who it's going to be. So, yeah, I'm going to reserve my judgment there. Uh, good for the Packers and the Lions for winning playoff games. But like I said before, if Vikings Twitter is consistent, then they will say that those teams have made grave mistakes by winning playoff games uh, when they aren't the one seed. Well, we know Vikings Twitter is consistent, if anything. So, yeah, no hypocrites in there at all. Model yeah. of consistency. Um, by the way, Luke Braun, congratulations on Enrique Santu. I yeah, was left you. out this year. Yeah. I was left out of the worst Vikings pundit bracket. Do you guys see this? Yeah, I did see uh, this. I, I think in the poll, they spelled my last name wrong. They did. That's they beautiful. Did. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah, I <laughs> <Luke> Braun <laughs> is... Yeah. Luke Braun matched up with Paul Allen head to head, taking him down. Yeah, congrats, by well, the way. Yeah, that <laughs> Dude, makes I sense. I, was, I think it was up against Forno. Um, I I voted for Luke, of course, and I voted for Forno, of course, because Forno uh, and I are going to be bunking together at the Senior Bowl, and he'll be cooking breakfast. So, any way to get him to poison my food, I think, is uh, optimal. So, I voted yeah. for Forno. I believe last I checked, I was beating him by like four or five percent. It was tight. It was pretty Very close. Tight. Yeah, yeah. I think Luke Edmund and, and I were results? texting. Like Luke Edmund and I were a little, a little hurt. We were like, "Man, badge of honor to get nominated here," and we're left out in the well, cold. Either, well, either we're well, that Luke, good Luke took some that years irrelevant. off, right? He has to build his way back into these. Yeah, brackets. I, I get it, yeah. Sam. You, I think you have a right to be aggrieved, but Luke, I think, look, you got to post more, dude. You got you to get back in the game. You got to piss off that specific okay. guy because that guy spent like a year on his burner account begging me to unblock him. I was always going to be on the, the same guy. The That's the same guy. Oh, that rules. Been it's incredible. I want to win it so bad. <laughs> I've been telling people to brigade the vote for me. Off to a good start. I think I don't, a, I don't usually a... interact with these like whenever there's like a Vikings whatever of the year. I don't usually I just kind of want to let the process play itself out. Me too, usually, but for this one, I love it. I love it so much. I love the comments. The comments I am here for all day. Um, back to the the conversation at hand. This is the the argument I think in favor of the Vikings. The Lions are really good, but yeah, their quarterback is yeah. also can also be like very Jared Goffy because he is Jared Goff. Like he has the goth gene in him and he's old getting older um, and expensive. Secondly, the Packers were out of the picture three weeks ago. Their quarterback has been riding the QBR roller coaster and the bears are tempted to stick with Justin Fields. Maybe. So there, there are paths of catastrophe. I think for all three teams that the Vikings are dealing with, it's not like they've all got, a young quarterback that is on a rookie deal and they've built around them successfully. No, like there's still mystery. I think about all of them. Detroit has the best bones. Well, let's ball. also add that like the Packers have all of the potential downsides of a young unknown quarterback, but none of the upside in that they had to sign him to a new deal already. Right. Yeah. They don't get to do the rookie deal thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Sorry, Sam, I cut you off. No, I was done. What cool. You, what, what else? So my take. Add, add to it, Arif. Yep. My my take is that it's going to. Well, it really depends on what happens with Ben Johnson, right? In Detroit, I mm -hmm. think that there's like a lot going on with with his influence on Detroit's success, right? And so, 
while I trust Dan Campbell and the coaching culture to produce somebody that they like, I, I just don't know if that guy has, um, you know, has quite the chops. I mean, we see this a lot where um, a coordinator leaves and then that unit kind of tanks. Not all the time, right? Steve Wilkes did a great job with the 49ers defense this year, right? But it is it is a concern, right? So I think there's that. But I think for now, it is probably fair to say Detroit, just the best team in the division. Uh, and you keep that as your default, knowing that the best team in the division in the NFC North is not as solid as maybe somewhere else. Right. When the Buffalo Bills were the best in the division before Mike McDaniel arrived. Right. Something along those lines. So I think that there is the possibility that Detroit collapses a little bit more than other division leaders. But for now, just say Detroit's the best team. The Packers, I think that you're right. The Packers who Jordan Love is, is more than just the past four or five games, right? He obviously, he looked good against the Chargers and the Chiefs and the Raiders and the Vikings and now the Cowboys, right? Which is, that's three good defenses and like, I think three, and I missed one of the teams he played against and three catastrophic defenses. And he's looked good against them, right? But he is also all of the other games that he played, right? And so, trying like, I've seen a lot of quarterbacks get hot at the end of seasons and even into the postseason. And very often, not all the time, not maybe not even most of the time, but very often they match their median performance or a little bit better from the previous season rather than their best performances at the end of the previous season. That happens a lot. And so I think that there's still a lot unknown with the Packers. And I think that they've played their way into more Joe Barry right on defense. And so that's going to continue to be a concern for them. Uh, And so. I think that there's a lot there with the Packers where we just cannot be, you know, we can't be certain that they're going to be uh, an interesting or a good team. Uh, the Bears just interviewed Greg Roman for offensive coordinator, which, you know, bad or good, whatever, but I think would suggest that they're still interested in keeping Justin Fields despite having the number one overall pick um, because I can't imagine getting Greg Roman as your offensive coordinator and then like drafting Drake May or Caleb Williams. That feels backwards to me. Really? I, I feel like Caleb Williams fits that. I don't. Um, okay. I, I think that, which is not to say that Caleb Williams plays like uh, or, or has the talent level of a Patrick Mahomes, but like, like Patrick Mahomes or Gardner Minshew, there is athleticism there, but it is not. It yeah. Is he's not, not the field as a runner. I just see like, yeah, hey, they did a bunch of triple option. Maybe. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I just, I don't love that fit. I think that you're minimizing Williams. And I think, I think a lot of NFL teams would think that too. Um, so I think maybe they'll use the, was it, they have also the ninth pick or something like that. Um, yeah. Maybe they'll use that on Jaden Daniels. And so you could justify keeping, you know, Greg Roman uh, and Justin Fields all together. But to me, this, this strongly suggests that they're, they're, uh, at least considering Justin Fields, maybe they interview Greg Rowan for his thoughts on keeping Justin Fields and they kind of make a decision from there. So um, with that in mind, I think that there's the possibility that the Vikings could be the second best team. I think that that's actually maybe not the most likely, but one of the stronger possibilities, the second or third best team in the, in the division next year. I don't think the Vikings are way behind. Like Luke said, a lot can happen between now and August, right? Between now and September. Um, I don't know what the Vikings quarterback situation is going to be like, whether or not they go back on Kirk Cousins. I think that's the most likely option, but they could, you know, go after a quarterback that's available in free agency and or the trade market. They could go after a second round quarterback. They could go after a first round quarterback. Like it is possible. Like don't like we've discounted this possibility because it is 
unlikely, but that doesn't mean there's zero likelihood, right? Um, they could trade up for Jaden Daniels, right? And that could give them a potential quarterback in the future. And you could end up in a situation with like a CJ Stroud, right? Like we don't know and it's impossible to tell. So it is really a lot to be doomering right now in January about next September. I, I wonder with like the way we talk about Quasi and, and with the drafts that he's had so far and the whole thing, you know, Kyle Hamilton and Lewis scene and all that. If we were in the bears spot right now, where we had the first overall pick, but also last year we p- passed up Jalen Carter for Darnell, Wright. You think we would be like, ha future is now baby. <laughs> uh i okay the thing is i think passing on jalen carter was fairly justifiable for a number it's not working out it's like fairly justifiable for yeah, like a number it's of not reasons. gonna matter <laughs> <laughs> justifiable i agree i get what they what they were thinking not relevant in discourse about it in january okay no that's fair in, in terms of the way that you you do january discourse yeah for sure but I just think that, like, if we're like, hey, man, we want to evaluate the process of this general manager, I just don't think that's a good place to start. Like, if we were going to objectively and honestly break down uh, a general manager in terms of their process. That said, yeah, it's, a, you know, I, if I were Dumering, I would focus on that particular, on that particular misstep. So, which NFC North team could bungle greater here? Bears committing to Fields long-term. Lions committing to Goff long-term. So he turns 30. Again, pocket quarterback. Might have a pretty long shelf life, but he's in line for for a new deal. Or Jordan Love being committed to long-term. Feels like, well, I I want your guys' take. Arif, who, uh, the order, rank the order of bungles that, that could be made. So, so... In in the framework of the pause of let me add in where, where would Kirk where would a Kirk Cousins extension then rank in that list? Depends on the type of extension. Um, in the context of having more to lose, um, I think that it is possible to say that a long term extension for Goff is is the greatest propensity to bungle, right? Um, and that's and that's because of the Ben Johnson concern, right? Um, yeah, well, I, he's just a Ben Johnson merchant. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And I have, uh, you know, I still have concerns about Jared Goff. I've had to walk them back, obviously, because of how consistently well that that passing offense has performed. But um, it remains a concern. It's less about age and more just about continuity and being able to get figured out and stuff like that. Um, so I think Jared Goff won. And then I know I just framed it in terms of having more to lose, but I still think that, like, the opportunity cost of giving up a better quarterback puts the Bears at number two. Um, I I guess if it's a long-term deal for Cousins, I would put that at two or three. If it's a short-term deal, I think I put that at four, uh, at, which puts the Packers and Jordan Love at three. Um, Love has shown the most upside out of all of these guys, right? And so uh, I guess technically Fields has shown upside in the way that we traditionally think of it. But just in terms of the ability to produce on the field, uh, for multiple games in a row, it would be love, right? And so committing to him long-term makes sense, but that doesn't mean that there's not a lot of opportunity to fail there. Um, so I'm going to put that at three just because there's there's a lot of possibility there in ways that I don't think are necessarily true for Goff or Cousins. 
I feel like fields with fields and love, there is this risk that we're going to, you know, sign them to a big giant contract, but actually they were just hot right now. And then they come out super, super cold. And, in September and Fields was year. hot at the end of last year too, right? Like yeah. we want to talk about committing to quarterbacks because they got hot at the end of a season. Yeah. And uh, did they, they fired Luke Getzey, right? So he's, he's got to learn another system. So, you know, that certainly hasn't been a problem before for them, has it? Like, <laughs> I, I could see, like, I, I look at, like, the Giants, right? And they, oh, my God, Daniel Jones got so hot at the end of last season, won the playoff game against the Vikings, looked fantastic. Couldn't have been more of a disaster, right? And that's a long-term commitment. And when you compare that to, like, Goff and Cousins, who are older, um, with Goff and the way the Lions are constructed, I do agree that, like, losing Ben Johnson could do a lot of damage there. But as long as there are still people in that organization that understand Jared Goff's shortcomings and how to avoid them, um, I think better than, than they, they did in 2021. Uh, I, I still think they can at least get something sensible out of him. And he's got so much experience now that that can kind of become the thing that you, you drive on. He's no yeah. longer young and learning. Um, but with, with fields and love, you could get into a five-year deal that you want out of immediately. Oh, that's a bungling. Uh, versus Kirk Cousins, if if he doesn't come back from his Achilles, let's say, and he like totally sucks next year, you're probably in a two-year deal. You can get out of that a little bit more easily. Or e even if you just have to wait it out, you don't have to wait as long. So I, I think those two situations at least come with a little more flexibility to me, which is always very important to me versus these young guys these two teams have to decide you're our guy or you're not our guy and they have to decide like right now with way more years at stake um quick clarification on some reporting i've heard that might be inaccurate because it goes contrary to what i had believed and heard i've heard people say that the vikings owe kirk the 28 million dead in addition to a new deal that's not how that's Incorrect, not quite right? yeah yeah so, so kirk, that's they've already paid him that money yeah that's how Sorry. that's how dead money works yeah you've already paid it so they don't owe him that you have to be in you have to consider the void money after they've already paid it right um but there are four years of deals accelerating into the void for year i mean fake deals four but years like, of fake contract yeah yeah four years of fake contract accelerating into 2024 uh, I believe, without looking it up right now, it's ten million for the next two years, and then yes, the next, and the two, yeah, and then the two years after that, it's seven or seven and a half, right? Yeah. Um, and so uh, the the most you can do is free up um, all but I think ten million um, in terms of the dead money coming in. Um, and, and then you can extend out the rest of that again, or keep it as extended as it is right now. Um, because of the way the signing bonus stuff is, is structured. So no, they don't, it, they're yeah. not 100% on the books for the 28. If, if they resign him, but mm -hmm. you do have to, you can't get rid of that 10 million because that's just how signing bonus proration works. Yeah. It, you will it. have to okay. pay all of that 28 off eventually at some point. Yes. Um, there's no way to get rid of it because they've yeah, already paid him. A way to think of it is if you do sign Kirk Cousins to an extension, $18 million worth of dead money gets moved into the future, gets yes. off of 2024's books and into the future. So it kind of comes at like a weird like deferred rate 
Yeah, <laughs> you can sign him to a twenty million dollar extension, like, or you can sign him to a thirty million dollar extension and only add eleven mil to your cap. Yeah, and the same thing is true of Daniel Hunter, where he's got yep. uh fourteen point nine in dead next year, but half only you're only going to be liable for about half of that if you and extend. Marcus Davenport. Should you decide? Yeah, if if that's on your yep <laughs> yep. <laughs> Prove it deal off his hundred snaps. I did. I did get some uh, DMs. Are like, hey, I know, Arif, that you were joking, but what do you think about signing Marcus Davenport to a prove it deal? And I was like, come on, man. I like a real one to... instead of a $13 million <laughs> prove it deal. <laughs> uh, coming up, QB target of the day and free agent cornerbacks next on the Minnesota football party. LinkedIn brings you today's show, and when the new year starts, you're into Q1, and you might be hiring. And what's the one move that I can make to bring my business to the next level in 2024? That's what you're asking yourself. Who can I hire to help fulfill my business's New Year's resolutions? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success depends on the team you surround yourself with. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals faster and for free. It can be intimidating to hire interviewing process. It can be a little bait and switch sometimes, right? You know, you talk to them, you don't really have a good feel for it. Uh, and then you get somebody that's totally different. Well, LinkedIn isn't just another job board. There is, there's a billion professionals in that network. Great place to hire. And it's so easy that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Uh, it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. And they know that small businesses are wearing so many hats and may not have time or resources to hire. But thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. We thank the everydayers here at Locked On Sports Minnesota that watch us Mondays and Thursdays, today, Tuesday, Minnesota football party, Minnesota basketball party on Wednesdays, Ron Johnson show on Tuesdays, roundtable on Fridays. So much programming here at Locked On Sports Minnesota. Subscribe to the channel, please. It really helps. Or find us on the Locked On Vikings audio feed. All right. We started last week with Michael Penix Jr., which, by the way, I posted this video just cut out um, from the conversation, like 12 minutes on Monday. And naturally, a lot of people watched, a lot of people commented, a lot of rational comments, a lot of irrational comments. Okay, um, I'm definitely but, checking these comments out. You're I'm good, going there immediately. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, you guys poo-pooed the notion that Michael Penix Jr. is a first-round pick which was never Pretty going fair. to rile people up. I mean, people are... Like that's that's the normal on. opinion. People yeah. have... I don't know about that. Have you seen the photoshops of Michael Penix in Vikings purple? I mean... He could be a second-round pick. Yeah. I'm not saying don't draft him. Sign Kirk, draft an edge rusher at 11, and then draft Penix in the second round. This is like a, a, a fairly popular off-season strategy that people have proposed. Yeah. Okay. I, I well, put it in my last mock draft. You didn't sound that optimistic when we talked about it last week and people picked up on that. But anyway, some people supported you. Not everybody hated you. Today, yeah, we talk about the Heisman right Trophy winner, Jaden Daniels, 
And I'm intrigued to see if you uh, also put a wet blanket on this notion. Arif Hassan, why don't you start us off? Jaden Daniels. I like him a lot. He's a lot of fun. Uh, I think there's like a lot of work that needs to be done just because I think that um, he's pretty inconsistent based off of what I've seen in terms of which games he'll be accurate because his accuracy when it's there is incredible. Like the ball placement on some of his best throws are outstanding. Um, And while I haven't dug into it with like a ton of detail, it very much seems like there's a mechanical inconsistency with the reason that there are some games where the ball placement isn't 100% there for him. So um, if he's drafted, I guess I, I, I'd, I'd have some concerns about him starting right away. Um, the similar concerns have, have occurred for previous quarterbacks who have started right away and have done well. So you might be able to fix these in one off season, but that's something to keep in mind. Um, he's super athletic, which is important obviously in, in the way that the modern NFL works, but I would be, I don't want him to be used like uh, Josh Allen. Right. I would rather he be used like um, like a quarterback that has or, or Jalen Hurts. Right. I'd rather he be used like a quarterback that occasionally runs because, A, I have concerns about his build. Right. He's six four two ten. He looks very skinny. Um, but B, I don't think he takes contact on as well as Allen does or as well as Lamar Jackson does uh, or as well as Jalen Hurts does. And so I, I think that you're not getting as much rushing production out of him as you would them, but certainly you're getting a lot more than you would out of somebody like Kirk Cousins, right? Or a Jared Goff, right? So um, I I like that about him. I just don't want to get so caught up in the fact that he is genuinely quite athletic to be dependent on that. But I think that he's a great passer. And I think there's something there. I think that his scramble capability is excellent. I think that he's got a good instinct for where uh, defenders are. Um, his ability to kind of dissect zone coverage in particular is really impressive to me. Um, as as coverages get more complex in the NFL, you kind of hope that there's going to be a little bit more. Um, he uses ball placement primarily to beat man coverage more than um, really digging in on on man coverage beaters in terms of the concept. Um, and like I said, sometimes that's excellent. Sometimes he's a very good job of ball placement. And sometimes he doesn't. Obviously, it worked out really well for him at LSU this year, given, you know, the whole thing with the Heisman and like 40 plus touchdowns. But, um, you know, at the next level, that is a concern. But I like him a lot. I think he's a first round talent. Um, he's a young enough player to develop. And I think that his mistakes are uh, relatively correctable as far as quarterback flaws go. Let me give it just a couple of the numbers and then we'll get Luke Braun's evaluation. I know Braun's crunched the tape on this. Uh, PFF, number one run grade amongst quarterbacks, second in yards after contact, second in 10 plus yard rushes. That's just rushing. Passing, number one graded quarterback. Um, or I guess number one overall grade amongst quarterbacks number two pass grade behind Bo Nix 40 touchdowns 40 interceptions big time throw rate third turnover worthy play rate um fourth best as in very few turnover worthy plays like there's not a lot of negative from last year's resume on Jaden Daniels and he's one of these guys again who switched schools nothing special at Arizona State goes to LSU turns it all around and emerges in his fifth year. The fifth year quarterback is causing so many age questions, right? Because he's 23, right. he turns 24 this upcoming season. Same thing with Penix. 
Um, Hendon Hooker was on the extreme end, but he did the same thing with Tennessee. So now with all that being said, foundation laid, Luke Braun, your take. So it it's I'm a little incomplete with Jaden Daniels. I'm not I haven't watched everything that I want to watch of him. I've only watched a couple games that are like his good ones. So I really like him, <laughs> but I feel like I still have to see like I haven't seen a lot of the FSU game that week one game where he wasn't very good. And I, I want to try to get my hands on other ones. But uh, with that caveat said, I really like him. Uh, I, I like the way that he sets up his feet. I like the the throwing mechanics. I wrote a big, long piece about quarterback biomechanics on a reef's sub stack on why mechanics. Yeah, sorry, I was being pompous. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I wrote a big piece on Penix and, and his biomechanics because his throwing motion is so weird and how it causes some misses. Uh, and that had just happened in the national championship game too. Um, Jaden Daniels is way more consistent mechanically. His feet set up way more consistently. Um, I, I don't think he quite, uh, like he doesn't quite get as much flexibility as you would hope, but it's plenty. And that can lead to these really, really pretty go balls and really, really pretty deep balls and, and even zipping some into tight windows in like the second level and in the intermediate area of the field. All awesome stuff. Absolutely love it. Um, there are some times when I think he uses his legs as a crutch and it's really hard to get mad at those because they're like long touchdowns. <laughs> it's like, like, man, hey, that was a misread. You should have. Oh, you scored. OK, well, I guess we can't really have that conversation. Yeah, classic. No, no, no. Yes. Yeah, super no, 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 yes. Um, so that while that does kind of feel like, okay, I'm a little bit mixed on that play, even though it was this really cool explosive touchdown, that is kind of part of the package where running gives you a floor, right? If the play goes poorly, even if it's your own fault and you can make up for it with your own legs, that's that's part of the package that you're buying into. So I, I can at least get on board with it and be okay with it. Um, I would like to see him, you know, keep his eyes up and, and look to throw a little bit more often rather than just say, all right, I something went wrong. You know, I felt a flash of color and I'm just going to take off. That won't fly as much in the NFL as it did against like Florida. Um, and I, there are some interesting things I've been trying to learn more about Brian Kelly. And I think especially against man coverage, a lot of those instructions are pick a matchup and throw it which I think oh, that makes sense. Okay. It, 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 I wonder if that instills a bad habit though of, of like yeah. locking on pre-snap. Yeah. There are plenty of instances of other progressions where you see him go one, two, three, four, check down, um, which it's nice to see that he like can do that. I, I think for an older quarterback, like he plays like he's got that experience. You can see him say, all right, we got middle of field closed. That means I'm doing this middle of field open. That means I'm doing this, which is a lot of the progressions are versus closed. You do this versus open. You do this versus man, pick a matchup. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot that I really like, and I'm still kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop when I watch his bad games for like what's wrong here. But there's also a lot of weird context at LSU, like the LSU center. I don't know who that dude is, but I, I need him to be selling insurance now. That dude can't snap at all kinds of plays, especially for a taller quarterback. All of these snaps were at his knees or his ankles. So he's got to bend down to get them, get back up and drop back. That is slows down and comes up the entire process and then throws. Which, there's there's like a fair amount of quick game at LSU, too. It's so yeah. screwy. Like that it, it is and it makes his drop back look super weird like i i noticed that in the alabama game if you just watch you can see it in the highlights from the alabama game he's got to go down for every single snap 
And it's like, what is going on here? This is not acceptable. And He'll it, be at it, the it, uh, Senior Bowl, right? I have no idea. If he is, I'll watch for that. See what yeah, he does well, normal snap. Yeah, wasn't there at all in the Florida game. So I, yeah, I'd be very curious to see what, um, like, what is how consistent his dropbacks are because you want those to be really rhythmic. I think it was an Andrew Janoco clinic where he wanted like one, two, three, or one, two, three, like whatever it is, it should be exactly the same every time. And it wasn't very consistent. And I'm still kind of juries out on whether that's the fault of the snaps or whether that's just a thing that he's not very consistent at. I mean, it could be, it could be both right. And one lead to the other, right? Because if you don't have a lot of reps in when I have seen him play with rhythm, right. It's actually gone really well. It's Um, fantastic. Yeah. So like, that's like that. Which is like, I think it's like one thing that like separates um, a player like, like Michael Panix, like who we were just talking about from someone like Jaden Daniels and, and a reason why I like Daniels more, even though I've characterized both as being inconsistent. Um, I think, first of all, I think Daniels is significantly less inconsistent um, and his highs are, are higher. Um, but also just like when the thing is not like when, when the offense is not holding him back, uh, which in the NFL, all, all offenses are going to hold their quarterbacks back in some way just because the talent distribution on defense is great. Um, but um, it's it's much better for Daniels than it is for Penix, right? Which to me signals a ceiling in a way that I think we don't traditionally use the term. But like the the highs are going to be significantly more intriguing, I think, with mm-hmm. Daniels because the things are going right. They go extremely right. Yeah. And and with Penix, not to make this just like an argument about those two, uh, Penix doesn't have that running floor. Like he doesn't have the yeah. if things go wrong, I can scramble for an explosive. Yeah. But there are so many times and this this was especially apparent in the Florida game, which is one of the, the first ones I've gotten to uh, where it was just man coverage and everybody had like cleared out from that side of the field and he just had like 30 yards of space and he just chews it up instantly. Um, so that, that athleticism is, is, is really, really cool. And he's 23 coming out, which is old, but we saw older last year. We drafted older last year here in Minnesota. This is right. Um, Jaden Daniels also number one in deep ball grade number two in uh, passer rating, I should say number two in passer rating under pressure. Like there's very little, he did not do well last year. Really, really good, like unbelievable season, Heisman winning season. Um, we're gonna get to cornerback targets and free agency next, but first, analytics fans rejoice. Woo-hoo-hoo! It's time to get educated. Whoa, you're blowing my mind right now with the nerdy stat of the day. And I'm gonna make you wait a little bit longer for the nerdy stat of the day as we get a couple words in first. It's playoff time at FanDuel. NFL regular season wrapped. You still have time to bet the NFL at America's number one sportsbook because new customers right now get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. So I'm looking at Ravens minus nine and a half, 49ers minus nine and a half, Lions minus six. You got some big spreads in the divisional round. Um, Get in the action at FanDuel. Sign up. FanDuel.com slash locked on, make a $5 wager, get 150. 
And once you have the 150, you can sprinkle that around in a bunch of different places, or you can put it all on one bet that you feel really convicted about. You can find bet suggestions in the Explore tab, build out a same-game parlay in the Parlay Hub, and so much more. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make your first bet a layup. Get 150 free. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. We're also presented today by Jace Medical. There are some tough realities in life because life is unexpected. Uh, You're going to get sick sometimes, and it's not always going to be convenient, and you don't always know the severity of it. Um, Pharmacies are running out of antibiotics. There are supply chain shortages. You might not be able to get in uh, and get seen to get a prescription filled, and that makes you feel helpless, and that's never a fun place to be because you've got a life to live. You want to do things socially. You want to do things professionally. The Jace case can help with that. That's a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including respiratory infections, skin infections, uh, UTIs, the stuff that can happen just to your average person. JaceMedical.com. Complete your physician encounter. It'll get reviewed by a board-certified physician. Your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. Never been more important to be prepared than today. JaceMedical.com. Offer code locked on. Get $20 off your order. JaceMedical.com. Promo code locked on. All right. Everybody waited in suspense for nerdy stats. We actually have graphics today. Oh my God. Luke Bronze. Luke Bronze nerdy stat support. Not yeah. sure how this is going to display on YouTube. Let's try it. That looks fantastic. So we're just going to cover up our <laughs> cover up our faces. Yeah, there you go. Can I uh, can I put us off to the side somehow? Can you just, just cover you just... only Luke Braun's face? <laughs> he, I, you, I think you can just adapt. move it around. Yeah. Can I don't think I can adapt. I can't adapt it. This is fantastic for our audio okay. listeners. I I mean that unironically this time. You're getting a better experience than the people. Yeah, yeah this, this time you're doing a little bit better. Uh. While Sam fiddles with it, I can talk about it. So, uh, Spencer, thank you so much for making this dr- uh, this graph here. This is a cumulative EPA value defensively uh, by over time by drive. So, if the graph goes up, the defense was doing better. If the graph goes down, the defense is go- was doing worse. Uh, everybody at home, tell me if you can locate the Cincinnati game. <laughs> this is the fourth uh, quarter, especially especially the audio yeah. listeners. Please tell me. If you yes, audio locate, listeners, please tell me. Please uh, point with your finger where yeah. you think it's Cincinnati. Yeah, <laughs> audio listeners, you might have to look this up later, but I'll describe it for you. It's a very normal-looking graph until you get an incredible peak around, you know, the end of November, uh, and of course the Raiders like shutout one fortieth or something. Like yeah, that. yeah, around the hundred and fortieth drive would be the fourth quarter of the Bengals game, and then the collapse is even more dramatic than the rise was. Uh, you can tell that this didn't this got solved this got figured out this was not uh just a couple of of poor instances this was far too consistent a decline for it to be explained by ah we made a few too many mistakes because eventually there would be good plays in there as well and there just weren't everything was a beater everything was schemed out and i think that this is uh like a, a a big sound the alarm moment for the defensive staff. You got to figure out something different to come out with. And that doesn't mean entirely reset and change the scheme. But I think 
seeing how precipitous the collapse is tells me that you got to go into the lab a little bit this offseason and figure out a way to make that thing work better. If not, just go back to regular Belichick cover seven stuff and say that was a fun experiment, but I don't think that's what the Vikings do. I think they've just got problems to solve and they'll try to solve them. Yeah, I, I would like to see a graph of like a number one defense or a, you know a top another top five defense and see how linear it is because this is a very linear upward line. And imagine if it had kept going up, right? Like we're talking about a 100 EPA defense um, as it is ended around 18, it looks like. Very interesting stuff from Luke Braun and wonderful graphic work on the host part. Marie um, Hassan. Already out of the day. Uh, I did not bring a graphic in part because I did not prepare for this segment. So while you're doing the ad read, I just went over to Seth Walder's Twitter, figuring that something would would show itself, and it did. So, uh, it's usually uh, Seth, what I do. Yeah. So uh, what Seth Walder? So he works at ESPN Stats and Info. He's part of the analytics stuff uh, that they produce there. Uh, personally, I prefer his work over some of the other people that work there. Um, sorry. Uh, to the other people that work there. But Seth compiled the uh, end of year 2023 motion stats. And I found it kind of interesting. I don't know that it's conclusive, but it's interesting, right? So the top six teams in motion rate, uh, pre-snap motion, they also have, he also has like total motion. So motion before the snap as well. Um, but in terms of motion that concludes by the snap, um, the top six teams all made the playoffs, um, which feels like, oh, is that kind of definitive? The bottom two teams also made the playoffs. Uh, and then also so did the teams rank 16th and 17th. Um, so uh, it's not conclusive, but it's interesting that like it seems primarily teams that have made a choice about what pre-snap motion was going to do for them uh, are the ones that seem to have succeeded. Um, you do have teams like the Buffalo Bills ranked 27th, teams like um, like I said, the, the Chiefs and the Texans rank 16th and 17th um, that are not yet at those extremes, right? But I, it very much seems like teams that that use motion a lot primarily know what to do with that, that fact that they're using motion a lot um, seem to be doing well or teams that have decided that they are going to get rid of motion and take advantage of the things that you can do without motion. Like for example, engage in hurry up a lot more often, really difficult to do that with a motion heavy offense um, or play with a lot more rhythm, sometimes difficult to do the motion heavy offense or whatever, right. Um, have decided that, that this is who they are. Right. And so I don't know that you can look at a list like this and conclude anything, you know, strong, but I do think that, it would suggest at least that you should be intentional. I, ju I just got into an argument with an analytics guy a couple days ago about ranking offensive coordinators. Um, and I thought that his method was actually quite poor. It ranked Stefanski 29th, for example. Um, and uh, looking at kind of the statistics that he used, I didn't love it. But one of the arguments that he leveraged was that these rankings correlate with now these aren't inputs I, I should be clear here but they correlate with use of motion in pre-snap and play action usage which analytics people also tend to like as evidence of a good play caller and i also objected to that being being the case right because i think that a lot of play action we've seen teams ramp up play action in response to this data and not do very well with it we've seen teams ramp up motion in response to this data and not do very well with it I think that 
what really matters here is that it's very clear that motion tends to give you a huge advantage if you know how to use it. Mm-hmm. And, and also if you know why you're not using it, that to me is kind of what this suggests. And I think that teams that want to invest in stuff like RPO, play action, uh, bootlegs, motion, whatever, whatever kind of the thing that analytics people are, are, are interested in, they need to be very intentional about their approach. I think that's what the data suggests. That was pretty nerdy and pretty illuminating. Um, my nerdy stat, Walter. the Rams punt from the Detroit 44 with 415 <sighs> remaining in the fourth quarter, trailing oh. by one. Is that was, how that ended? I didn't see the whole I'll, second half. But I'll be yes. it was fourth and 14. So oh, fourth and 14. No. One point. To fourth a holding 14. call. Yeah. Fourth yeah. and fourteen. Okay, I, okay. Fourth and fourteen is. I, yeah, uh, it was I'll like four and a half goal. minutes. You get oh, it, man. but like, uh, yeah. And they couldn't probably, get the stop. You're probably ten to twenty percent to no. either make the field goal or convert the first down. Your offense was really good that um, day. Their uh, their kicker was like Brett Maher, right? That's who the Rams yeah. kicker was. I can see why they didn't go for the field goal. Mm. Yeah, doesn't have that kind of light. yeah. Um, they needed any yardage on the third and 14, anything. And I yeah. think they probably try that. Um, but they punted. It was the nine. I think it was a, a third first... down play calling error. They were too concerned yeah. about getting all 14 on third down, I think is what happened. And they only needed a field goal. I was really shocked that they went just for the conversion, knowing that they, cause they're one point down. They only needed the field goal. I was, I was flabbergasted by the play call on third down. I can't From, actually remember what it was. What what was the route? Uh, I, what I'm trying to remember if I'm trying to if it, if, if I hope I'm not confusing it with the the down that they also got the holding call on. But I believe it was uh, a stick route to the sticks, and um, which like a 14 yard. Maybe I shouldn't call it a stick route at 14 yards, but like it was it was a pretty well covered curl or comeback type route um, that wasn't open. And if it was like you had to be really confident in it, which it's Matt confident in every throw, but ninety nine point second percent of cowardly punts this season, uh, Lions got two first downs and one. Um, I want a free agent cornerback from you guys, one each. I want a name, and I want it fast. Tell me who the Vikings should pursue. It is rough out here. It is. It, this is a really rough class. I honestly don't have an answer that is going to be exciting for anyone. I, Kenny Moore? I, I don't know. Um, okay, so uh, th- there's a bunch of... Do I get to say Jalen Johnson? <laughs> sure. Um, I I don't want, like, Stefan Gilmore because he's, like, quite old and it, and it mm-hmm. wasn't quite working out at the end of the season for him. Um, so sorry to not fulfill the mandate of what you were saying, Sam, of picking a name and choosing one. But uh, I think the ones that stand out to me are Nick Needham because he's worked with Brian Flores before and he's done well in a Brian Flores system. Dory Jackson, because he has the athleticism that I think a lot of the, the quarterback group doesn't quite have. And he's played well over the past two years. Chidobi Awuzie has done pretty well for the Bengals. Um, but the guy I'm kind of most intrigued by is CJ Henderson. Um, so he was... Uh, is he better? For... What? Is he better? Better? No. No, no, okay. hold on. When I say intrigued, oh. I don't mean he's like good um Ah. so uh he played pretty well for about six games as a first round pick for the jacksonville jaguars i want to say then he got traded to the panthers where 
you know, the Panthers defense wasn't really stellar. And I think that CJ Henderson contributed to that. But I think that he has the instincts and athleticism to be an interesting free agent cornerback. If they sign him, I think that he has the possibility, the potential to earn a starting job and play well. Um, because he has played well, especially in man coverage, heavy schemes. And as Luke said, I think the Vikings are going to have to be forced to change their, their scheme this offseason as a, as a product of getting essentially figured out during the season. And that might mean a lot more man coverage. And that's kind of where Henderson excels. Um, I think that he is an example of a extremely high upside, low cost type free agent. But if you want a guy that is like probably good, I would I would not sign him. But if you want a guy that could be very good with a lot of upside, I would sign him. Otherwise, like you've got a floor kind of with the Dory Jackson. You've got a floor with maybe even like a Steven Nelson, who who did obviously really well for the Texans this last week. Um, and but but um, yeah, this group is is like tough. Yeah. Legereus Sneed, if, if the Chiefs let him go. No way did the Chiefs let him go. No way did the I Chiefs think. let him go. But he's on this list because that, that hasn't happened yet. All right. Him. Sign him. Yep. I, I've got Kenny Moore as a slot. Steven Nelson as an outside guy. Uh, they're both old, though. And I don't mm. know if they really fit the crazy model. But for one year, who cares? Um, yeah. It's a veteran presence might help in a, in a Patrick Peterson way, as long as they're not so old that they, like, can't run. Yeah. I mean, Nelson is available. I, uh, is. Oh. uh, Luke Braun and Arif Hassan advance in our betting, uh, playoff betting contest. Congrats to them. More on that no on Thursday's episode. We'll make our divisional round picks as our round robin continues. Curse you, Eagles. I needed Eagles six and a half, and they were only 29 and a half short. <laughs> um, for Luke Braun and Arif Hassan, I'm Sam Ekstrom. Minnesota football party continues Thursday. I'm locked on Sports Minnesota.